When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Loft Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian, on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Today's guest is Thomas Tulock. Uh, let's go. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and I forgot to tell you we play an intro song. I probably should have warned you about that first. As always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Kyler and Diego, and Sam is in the background pressing all the buttons. Today's guest, there's Sam right there. Today's guest is writer, director, cinematographer, actor, musician, all these different things. Thomas Tulock, I almost said Tulock, but it's Tulock, like two locks on a door, which is what he told me. And uh, you played some movies and some roles. One of them I was very interested, I thought was very interesting, was in uh, Steven Spielberg's Hook. You were one of the Lost Boys. Yes, I was the youngest. The youngest of the Lost Boys. Yeah, I was the one that spit out the candle and said, good night, Neverland. (laughs) Is that that something that, that... I guess people for from like that point forward know you from as being the youngest lost boy. And do you tell people about that? Like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> people know me from that. I don't tell anybody, but people know there's even a band called good night. Neverland from, from that. So like people, people just know people find out. And that's seems to be the one thing that sticks out. <laughs> so does it does, do? Uh, so let's see. Good night. Neverland. I'm sure there's probably a few other bands Related, like there's a band called Rufio, um, mm-hmm. a punk band. Do bands ever reach out to you? Because you're a musician yourself. We're going to talk about that. But do bands ever reach out to you and be like, hey, would your band like to play with our band if they're like <laughs> that kind of uh, Peter Pan thing? No one's reached out to me yet. The only thing that ever happened was one of the other Lost Boys, uh, Isaiah, who played uh, Pockets, the one that uh, said, uh, said, um, uh, uh, which I forget what, it, but anyways, he 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 tried to do a, a project with me a while back, but he lives um on the other side of the country, so it didn't really work. Has there been any talk of the, all the Lost Boys getting together and doing like a uh, adult <laughs> adult Lost Boys? They should. Now I guess because the whole thing is Lost Boys aren't supposed to get old, right? Aren't they supposed to stay stay young? Yeah. Yeah, well, you don't age in never. Well, you you age in Neverland, but you age really slowly. It's something like a hundred years for every year, or something like that. So uh, you do get old, but by the time, like in real life, you get to be like forty, then you've lived for something like 
4,000 years or something. My goal. And you guys <laughs> did. Didn't, didn't you guys do like a 25 or a 20 or something like that reunion for of like a People magazine or something like that? If I'm we not mistaken. did, yeah. We did. It was, it was hosted by a production company called 22 Vision. Uh, and it, a few years ago, yeah, we got together on the 25th anniversary of the film and uh, we recreated one of the famous, infamous pictures of all the Lost Boys together. Um, and then we made a, a couple of videos, a tribute to Robin Williams and, uh, you know, a bunch of things. And then we, we all autographed some like hook posters and paraphernalia and stuff. And then we auctioned them off for charity. So it was a, it was nice. a cool little event. <laughs> nice. When someone says paraphernalia, I automatically assume drugs. <laughs> but, <laughs> of course but, you do. But so, so how old were you when you were in the Lost Lost Boys? I was six years old when I was on the set of Hook. I had my seventh birthday on the set. Not the Lost Boys. You were in Hook playing one of the Lost Boys. That's right. Correct. Correct. Gosh, that was a long time ago for that was a long time ago for me too. So did that did that did that, did that shape your childhood as far as? Because unless you were like a huge Peter Pan fan before you were six years old, I would assume you were afterwards. Uh, I, well, it definitely it definitely shaped who I am, but less about Peter Pan and more about just like movies and filmmaking in general. Like I, I came away from making that movie, spending time with Robin Williams and Steven Spielberg, wanting to spend the rest of my life making movies that make people laugh. So that that's yes. really the effect that it had on me. You get a lot of one on. You get a lot of one on one time with Robin Williams and Steven Spielberg. Uh, and like, do they do they as a kid? Do they try to give you pointers? And I mean, because you're just so young, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what you're oh, yeah. six years old. Oh yeah, Ro Robin and I were like really good friends because I'm I was close to his son's age that he didn't get to see a whole lot while he's on set. So he and I would like hang out a lot, and we played we we played like Game Boy when back when you had to connect Game Boys yes. with the cable and stuff like that, and so. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time with him hanging out uh, when the camera wasn't rolling. Um, and then, like, he and I became really good friends. Uh, and then, yeah, I definitely got some pointers from him and then some pointers from Steve. There, there was one scene where my character had to laugh, but I guess I didn't laugh convincingly. So Steven threatened to, like, hide behind me and tickle me to get me to laugh proper. <laughs> Did he do that? No. <laughs> a little weird. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little awkward. <laughs> That's awesome. So you were also in the sitcom Cheers. Yeah. Uh, on a few episodes. Now, I, from what I remember, I don't remember kids in that show because I remember them mm -hmm. always being in a bar mm -hmm. called Cheers. So what right. did you? Do? What was your? Is that a dog? Yeah, my dog's barking. Uh, she she's fine. Just ignore. Um, so the character Carla on Cheers had nine kids. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Give me one second. Let me let my dog. Go. Yeah. All right, come here. Sounds like a little dog. Yeah, she's a puppy. Yeah, she's Sounds a little. Sounds like one. a little she's... dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't expect to uh, fall in love with a poodle, but I did. I adopted her. I had a poodle. Fail. What's your <laughs> poodle's name? Adorable. Her name is Maddie, short for Maddie. Mine was Buffy, and she was like oh. this. Is she white? Yes, she's white. Oh. And she's They're three mean. Years old, and we, we, oh, they are. She's smart as I know, ever, but... I know why Diego's <laughs> laughing under there. I, why? I, why? why? I, what did I do? Nothing. Did I do it? When you go back and <laughs> watch, you'll probably you'll, you'll, you'll see why. What did I do? Nothing. nothing. Just, You're nothing. the best. 
You are the best. <laughs> you did nothing. Okay, so let's go back to Cheers, Carla. Wasn't that okay. uh, Frazier's like girlfriend in the show or something like that? No, no. Uh, no she had. Um, she didn't have a husband. Frazier's girlfriend was Lilith. Uh, oh, Carla was just. She was just the the waitress of the Early bar. Hair. Yes, yes, and she had. Uh, she had nine kids. And I was one of the kids. And it was the kind of thing where she, you know, couldn't always find daycare or babysitter or something. So uh, I would often or her kids would often just come to the bar rather than being home alone. And so I was in four episodes, but they cut all of my scenes out of one of them. So I'm only credited for three. That's kind of fucked up, man. Yeah, it's okay. So your parents get paid for these things, right? Or do you like, do you get paid and they put it in like some sort of special bank account for when you turn 18? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was put into a bank account with like a trust kind of thing so that the money's there that I can't touch till I turn 18 exactly. So your parents couldn't make any money off of it? <laughs> I would. I would take a cut. I would take a cut. That's yeah, I did that. I drove you there. Give me gas money. <laughs> so is that was that so was acting, I guess, um you were involved. Were you, it, I don't know how children get involved in acting. Were you found by someone or were you like part of an agency mm. that uh so promoted that it, in, in the early 90s, it was a very different world than it is now. So b- back then, uh, it was something that I had wanted. I pushed my parents into doing it, and they didn't want to, and I just kept pushing until finally they gave in and helped me do it. And we just we found a, a local uh, talent manager agency that was having open audition. And I went in, and I was one of audition for representation. And then of that 500, I was one of two that they took on as clients, uh, which I don't think anything like that really happens anymore. It was a whole, it was a, the industry was a very different thing back then in the early nineties. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was me pushing the whole time and just, uh, you know, open audition kind of thing. That's pretty cool, man. I, I, I almost did a peanut butter commercial one time that we wind up not getting the role for. But I always thought it'd be cool to be a child <laughs> actor. I'd probably, I'd probably suck at acting, though. Um, so when you go, do you do a lot of conventions, like pop cons? You know, Sam's in the background shaking his head yes when I said that I'd probably... I was going to say yes, too. I was like, <laughs> yep, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? I brought this whole team together, and all they do is make fun of me hey, constantly. I got, I got faith in you. I think you'd have been a great peanut butter commercial Kid. Yeah, just give, him, give him a spoonful and watch him like a dog. Just lick at it. And I was going to bring up conventions. That's what I was going to bring okay. up. Okay. Okay. So did you do, um, do yeah. pop conventions, things like that? I did one. I, I was invited a few years back to the uh, San Francisco Comic-Con um, to do a, a Q&A panel. Um, and so... Uh, it, it was it was fun. Um, there, I did two panels there, Q and A, and maybe fifteen or twenty people came to each panel, uh, and so I kind of just felt like it's not really my kind of scene. So, but I was invited to do it because I had a short film that I had directed that was playing in their fest- festival, uh, and so they invited me to come and do a Q and A. So that was the one time I've ever done it, and it's I mean. I, I might do it if I was invited back, but it's not something that I'm going to actively be seeking out. So, right on. And so that's okay. Let's I'm go. going. 
I'm going to Comic-Con. <laughs> I want to dress up. That's my goal. I want to wear so one do of those, it. like, I know, I'm a, I'm, I'm going. What are you going <laughs> to wear? What are you going to wear? Go ahead, Diego, go ahead. <laughs> She's she going to dress up as a poodle. <laughs> whatever. No, I want to be one of those crazy, like, sexy, like, whatever, where they walk around. And, yeah, I don't even know what they are, but I'll That's find out. That's a shot girl. A shot girl? <laughs> no. No. no, you know, you know she's gonna character. Yeah, I'm she's gonna, gonna character. She wants to dress up as Princess Leia and everyone else as stormtroopers <laughs> no, and all that stuff. No, oh, that's uh-uh. what you want. No, that's what you I'm want. I'm gonna be something in cheetah print. I don't know, whatever yeah. it is. Cheetah print. Did you see Princess Leia in her outfit? You know you're gonna dress up like that. That's what every girl's dream is at <laughs> I, I am not. I am gonna be in cheetah. Whatever character is in cheetah. Uh Matt. Angry face, angry face. <laughs> oh, he smiled. That's sweet. He smiled before he left. He always angry faces everything. He's angry. But we, we want to make him happy. Let's, let's go. We do, we do, we do want to make Sam happy. We do. That is one thing we thrive for on the show is to make Sam happy. He's always pissed off at us. He's like, he's like you guys fucking suck. I don't know why I have been with this show. Actually, he does. Really, he came. He only he came on this episode because he wants to quit us and he wants to manage you, Thomas. He's like, "Fuck these guys." Uh, <laughs> Thomas, after the show's over. <laughs> oh, just right kidding. Angry face, angry face, <laughs> angry face. Right now, that's a lie, and you know it. I'm done. I'm done managing artists. Period. You're you're a handful <laughs> enough. Thank you. That's a compliment. That is a compliment to me. I take. I take it. Yeah. Hey man, all you really need is a handful. That that's. Oh. Uh, okay. that's, right. that's right. Yeah. Wait, is that right? Damn it, Kyler. <laughs> I would, it, we were talking about his chocolate balls. You know the pharaoh. What are we? Whoa, whoa! How did this get all X-rated? Oh, Maybe I shouldn't. It's Sprite, okay. She yeah, was well, about balls. Her and Diego actually on a post I made. All right, I do want to go in. I'm trying to get into his directing. He's all wow. And I keep on getting that sidetracked over here. So you are a director now, and you're doing some mm-hmm. movies. You have a new movie coming out. Uh, coming out. I'm gonna try to say it, okay? <laughs> there, 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 there. there. Mm, it's it's pronounced there. There, there. It's called there. It's called it's called there. And you have a trailer that it's on YouTube, but it's also on see mm-hmm. C- was it seedandspark.com or something something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, seedandspark. Okay, we're gonna play. The, I'm gonna play the trailer, and then I want to know a little bit about the movie, and let's talk about what Seed and Spark is and what they do for. I guess it's for directors or, or um, I don't know okay. what I'm trying to say. Let's just let's, 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 <laughs> let's play the clip and then I'll figure it out. Here's the clip right there, right, right take here. A break. All right, take a break. I'm taking a break. Take a break. <laughs>
The character Therf was first created in 2015 as part of a 48-hour short film competition. My team and I created a fun sci-fi adventure comedy short called Off the Cuff that followed a couple being chased by Therf through the multiverse. And we really liked the concepts and the characters that we created in that short. So in 2017, we brought them back for a pilot called The Darkest Timeline, which was a fun sci-fi adventure comedy that revolved around the Mandela effect, which was really popular at the time. And still, we loved the character and the concept so much that now we're revisiting them. The concept of a psychotic killer chasing her target through the multiverse. Only now, we want to do away with the fun adventure comedy vibe and treat it more seriously. We want to make Therf a character to be feared and give her the weight that she really deserves. So instead of doing a fun adventure comedy, we're gonna do a scary sci-fi thriller. We're making this initial short film with the specific goal of getting it onto the Dust YouTube channel. Our production team is comprised of experienced filmmakers. I myself have been writing and directing since 2009. But with this project, we're planning to do some things that we haven't done before, like working with squibs, hiring stunt coordinators, and renting anamorphic lenses. I love the look of anamorphic lenses, but I've never worked with them before. So I'm really excited to be able to do that with this project. Project. We have some very exciting incentives, including participation in test screenings, a chance to be a part of production on set, and even a small role in the film where you'll get to be killed on camera. I really do feel like we've got a cool project here, and a talented team of filmmakers that I trust to bring it to life. We just need your help to put a little fuel in this rocket and get it off the ground. Thank you so much for visiting our campaign page, checking out our incentives, and helping in any way that you can, even if that's just sharing our campaign with your friends, and I'll see you in another reality. All right. Oh. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to pause for a quick uh, second. We're going to get a word from our advertisers, and we'll be right back with our guest, Thomas Tulock. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And we are back with our guest, Thomas Tulock. We like to thank our advertisers uh, on YouTube for sponsoring us. Okay. So, yeah, like, first, w- was she on the side of the Golden Gate? Is that, is that, was that what that <laughs> shot was? No, there was, uh, at the shooting location, there was a uh, an abandoned five-car train. And we were okay. able to uh, 
have her climb up on it and uh, film on that. So, uh, no, so, not the Golden Gate, but we did put an upside down city in the sky above her. Right, 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 right. Because I seen that and I was like, oh my god, I'm already, I'm having an anxiety attack right now. She's <laughs> way too high in the sky. So you go from movies, TV, back to you did another TV stint, music, and now directing. Not only just mm-hmm. directing, but sci-fi. So mm-hmm. where's the transitions? Like, what? How do how do you how do you go from A to B to C to where <laughs> you're at now? Oh, it's 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 kind of just all the same for me. I started directing in 2009, but I started playing drums when I was 12. I uh, started acting when I was six. So it's all kind of the same uh, one nebulous kind of thing. Uh, but my feature film that I just finished. Uh, uh, who done 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 it the movie is a comedy mm-hmm. murder mystery uh it mm-hmm. just premiered at kevin smith's pod uh kevin smith's film festival the smod castle film festival last year um but at the same time i went i went to that and then i came back and um did a show with my band that my band has uh there's a local popular biker bar called cook's corner that my band plays at least uh probably once a month at so it's you know it just keep do one and then the other it's just all kind of the same world to me <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How long does it take? How long does it take to make a film? Like how 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 long is that movie Therf? That's so Therf, right? uh, yes. Okay. Uh, it it will we go Therf goes into production in June, um, and this one is only going to be about twenty twenty five minutes short film. Okay. Um, so that one's probably going to take about five days to film. Uh, but my feature, which is a full length ninety minute feature. That took about two months to film and then about six months in post-production. So how long it takes kind of just depends on how long the thing is. Therf is only going to be 20, 25 minutes. Um, But Therf is uh, proof of concept short that will lead to a feature uh, a little bit down the line. Why did you want to get rid of the comedy aspect (laughs) in your sci-fi and just go with an actual sci-fi? Like, Is there any comedy at all? You cut it all completely out. There, I mean, there's there's moments of levity because it can't all be scary. Then, because if it is, then nothing's scary. So there's there's still moments of levity. There'll always be moments of levity, you know, in everything that I do because I'm a comedian uh, at heart. So, but it it kind of just felt like you know the character and the world that we created. There was so much more potential uh, to create this kind of thrilling, scary experience. Um, and so I, I just. I, it felt like to me like it just leaned better because the last iteration of it, we utilized, uh, we played off the Mandela effect and the Berenstein Bears and all of that. Um, and when I went back to that um, idea, revisiting that whole Berenstein thing, it just kind of felt like that was a product of a time that is no longer. You know, we the world has changed. We're in a different place, uh, society collectively and all that. So it just felt like it was time for the the character and the world to kind of mature a little bit. Um, and so now we're doing, you know, something that is a little bit more serious tone. Let's go uh, I No, because I would do sci-fi just so I can dress up in some hot-ass, like, different world <laughs> outfit. Right? There you, you go. You could be somebody else. I see why you did it. Yeah. For sure, get, yeah. To, to, to get the girls all to dress hot. Because girls are typically do dress hot in sci-fi films, don't they? Do they not? No, amazing. They got big old butts all the time. <laughs> I take that to my butt doctor when I get mine done. It's sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
Let's go back to the Mandela effect. Is that something that you believe in? Because I've, I've actually done a show, a podcast, just on the Mandela effect a while back. Is that something that you follow? Is that like that that you pay attention to? Because that's crazy. Carla, Carla, do you know what the Mandela effect is? No. Uh, I'm not going to fake it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at that look. I feel yeah. like I do, and you're going to ask me, and I'm going to say it wrong. So I'm just going to go no. Diego, you know what the Mandela effect is? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, it, and, it, and it pisses me off and it aggravates me. And I just walk away from it because I'm like, I know what I know. I remember what I seen. The Monopoly so, man has always had a monocle and you can't tell me. The difference. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. I didn't know. I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You, yep. So you do know what it is, Kyle. Okay. So Mandela effect pretty much is when you remember something or a group of people remember something as a specific way. And that way is not the same thing. Like the Berenstain bears. We all remember it as the Berenstain bears. Yes. Um, and not the Berenstain Bears. So tell us a little bit about, about it, uh, Thomas, that, I don't know, you follow it. I guess you pay attention to it. What's some of your favorite uh, Mandela effects, if if you will? <laughs> oh, man, I really did. Uh, for, for a while there, I did a lot of research into it, uh, followed a lot. Because I, I wrote, you know, a, a whole series. It was going to be a show based around the idea that uh, whichever one Berenstain or Berenstain that you remember – that's the world, the universe that you're from. And now we're together in this universe and then there's a war between the two universes. And so I, I did a whole uh, thing on it, but um, I think my favorite is probably one that actually involves myself. Oh. Um, so uh, I had a line in Hook where I say, uh, you're doing it to Peter Pan, but everyone quotes it as you're doing it, Peter. I didn't say you're doing it, Peter. Oh God, I said I you're doing part. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah, it's my childhood. Yep. Yeah. It's mine too. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. Uh, He lived it. He lived it. So so you so so do you remember saying what's actually said? Or does everybody remember it incorrectly then? I I don't know where or how it came from, but whenever it's quoted or referenced or whenever anyone talks about it, they say you're doing it, Peter. But I didn't say that. I said, you're doing it. That's all, all that was said. So how that came, it's just like, it's just like, you know, Darth Vader didn't say, Luke, I'm your father. He says, no, I'm your no. father. Like, people just remember the line wrong. And Forrest, Forrest Gump is, uh, there's one in Forrest Gump. I don't remember which one. There's a saying in Forrest Gump, though, that it's mm -hmm. mama always said life is like a box of chocolates. Or, and it's not what he says. Life mm -hmm. is, I don't know. There's some, some shit like that. I don't fucking know. You tried. You tried. Let's, let's you talk tried. about let's let's talk, let's talk about Seed and Spark and what do they do for? I guess is it just directors? Do they help promote? How you raise money? What is that? So Seed and Spark is a as a fundraising fundraising platform similar to like Indiegogo or Kickstarter, but the major difference is that with Indiegogo and Kickstarter, you can fund anything if you're making movies or if you're making some product or you've got some invention or whatever it is, you can literally fund anything on there versus seed and spark is only for filmmakers. And so, and, and they're a smaller company, so they can actually take the time to work with you to, uh, you know, mold your campaign and, and help you learn how to campaign. And, and they actually had to review and approve my campaign before I was able to launch it. Um, because they're 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 full of experienced fundraisers who are, you know, applying years of knowledge into helping you succeed. 
Uh, and because they are specific only to filmmakers, they're able to cater their services uh, and how they work to meet the needs of the filmmaker versus like the Indiegogo or Kickstarter that's more of a one-size-fits-all kind of vibe. So uh, that's what we're doing now is we're, we're raising uh, funds for production for Therif uh, on Seed and Spark. And I chose that platform because I am a really big fan of the creator of, of the platform. And I like a lot of the things that she has to say about, you know, getting outside of your own kind of world in your own head and thinking about the experience from the user and, you know, the, the, the people who would potentially like, uh, you know, promote and, and, and uh, invest and, you know, contribute to your campaign, thinking about it from their point of view, because a lot of people come at it like, from their own point of view and that's great but it's really when you think about someone else's point of view that you can actually you know set yourself up for success so i really like this platform i want to share i want to share your uh page on here um while we're talking about it and there it is so your goal is to raise you have 29 days one hour left from this moment uh by the time this airs Mm -hmm. be uh less a couple days less than that uh, your goal is five thousand dollars for production. So far, you have mm-hmm. reached fifty dollars of that. Uh, is that a goal that's that's pretty common that people typically reach five thousand dollars? I see a, a lot of people on this platform reaching for that neighborhood uh, under ten thousand, but I've also seen a lot of people reaching much higher on this platform. I've seen uh, some people reaching fifty thousand, a hundred thousand. You know, it it depends on the need of their production and you know their reach and you know uh, how far they plan to go with it. So <laughs> I, I've seen the get run the gamut. <laughs> Hold on, I just screwed that up. There we go. Okay, I wasn't mad. Go ahead. I was like, ooh, good lighting. Okay, here, here we go. There's uh, there's Kyler all by her all by herself there. Yes, so, that's what I was trying to do. That's what I was trying to do. Okay. So you can see all of us on here. And then um, we have your mission statement, things like that on. So if anyone that's watching this, you want to go support, what's a typical donation, like $10, $20? Uh, the the $25 uh, donation is probably the most common. Um, and for that, you'll you'll get uh, a thank you'll be in the credits. And I'm going to, uh, cool. we're, we're, we, we got a character in the film who can see through the multiverse. And so when you donate to that level, this character is going to look through the multiverse to find an alternate version of you somewhere out there and share what you find. So we call I'm it the live it. your best life incentive. That we'll is see what we can find. Yeah, that's really neat. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to watching it. Is there anything else that you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, to you, Thomas or Diego, Kyler, anything else you want to ask before we end the show? Bangarain, Rufio. Thomas, nothing. All right. Bang rank. (laughs) All right. There we go. That's all the time that we got. I'd like to thank my co-host Kyler and Diego from the Asylum Radio Network. Make sure to check out that uh, online radio station. Super freaking cool. I also want to thank my producer, Sam, who is always disappointed us, but also loves us a lot. So thank you, Sam. And Thomas. To lock for coming on, sharing all your stories with us. And now I want to go back and rewatch Hook and some of these other things. I actually want to go back and rewatch Cheers. I think it's on one of these uh, one of these apps. I have has to have Cheers playing on it. I yeah, think. I think yes. it's on Netflix. Okay, it is on Netflix. It is. Yeah. yeah, it is. 
I'm going to go in there. I'm going to look at your IMBD. I'm sure it'll tell me exactly what episodes you were on. I'm like, I, I talked to that guy right there. You, <laughs> you want my autograph? I talked to that dude. <laughs> and we also want to thank everyone. Stay put. Yeah, stay put. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he's scared that. Rock on and much love. This is the loud spot outro by nothing short of tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Yes. Does nothing short of tragic have his back again? Yes. Does everything that's good really have to end? A pin post has to pin show so to get more episodes, make an order. This is over. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.